and all over this book. No, yawn, yawn, yawn. Don't know. Honestly, it was boring. The parts that weren't atrocious were boring. <laughs> Hang on, we gotta banter our way into this because I already know this is gonna be. We had different feelings. Yeah, the Which worst book I've ever read. <laughs> I don't literally, genuinely, physically in my soul have never read anything worse than that book. I actually found it very compelling. It was so uncompelling, I died. And then I was only compelled to come back to life to just like burn the book and then go back into the grave. It's not one that I think I I would reread it from like an uh, sort of academic point of like if I really wanted to, like, go back and break it down more from, like, that. Sure. That would be a way that would be, like, the only time I would ever revisit yeah, it. Because, I, I mean, obviously right. you see tropes from it that have persisted. But I think I also, it was a disservice to read Whitney, My Love, before this one. Because that one I really enjoyed the story. And I enjoyed everything besides really the last, like, 50 pages. And this one, it just started... And then it never stopped, but I, I never started. I might enjoying. actually have enjoyed this one more. Oh my god. This one is weird for me because it's similarly to Prisoner of My Desire. There were like oh, but see that one things I wanted that I really reading. enjoyed and things that I found very compelling while also being mixed with like the those kind of old school elements yeah. that haven't aged well. Um all all of the like, you know, glorification of the old south and the yeah. enslaved character, like all of that stuff that is really difficult to read now. Yeah. But there were also some things that I just found so fascinating. I do think it helped also that I I really did go into it with the mindset of like analyzing it from a historical point of view mm-hmm. of like why I, why was yeah. this kind of the first really successful one of its kind? Mhm. Which is baffling to me cuz I would never. It was read not baffling book. to me at all. I, I would have been like, "Wow, I don't know how to read." Suddenly, I'll I'll be illiterate for the rest of my life. See, I was the opposite. I think Ugh. that if I if like the romance genre as we know it didn't really exist, and I was suddenly given that, I I feel like I really understood why. Like, obviously, there are things I didn't like, but I I got why it yeah. was so. It just has everything I hate: horrible family, horrible hero, horrible villain horrible like villainized woman who is horrible horrible ending horrible everything horrible voices for characters that were just grating on your ears I like Ashford McNabb I liked her like narration for the most part but her villains which she's done in the Maiden Lane series sounds so but they're horrid I know they're villains but like my poor ears bleed well right but you're but that's on on purpose I know, but like it, it just made it more painful, like so much more painful. I thought it was very fascinating. I've also been trying to do more research into bodice rippers, which I was mm-hmm. not as I wanted to do more of it before this podcast, and then with my mm-hmm. whole family being in, and I, I finished the book like an hour ago, so there just simply was not as much time mm-hmm. to do it as I wanted. But I read a little bit, and then like read some reviews of it also the foreword in the yeah audiobook in the audiobook with ashford McNabb. i thought the foreword was really interesting um yeah but i i don't know i guess well okay here's the other thing as i was reading it i was like i bet that hannah and you this might be 
off because sometimes I make predictions about your reading that are just so completely wrong because you're an enigma. Um, but as I was reading, I Call was like, enigma. I bet that Hannah's going to hate this for the same reason that you hated uh, Flowers from the Storm, which is that it's just so, like, so much, there's so many bad things happening to someone the whole time that it makes it, like, not pleasant to read. He, yeah, I would say that's, like, 50-50 because at least in Flowers from the Storm, I didn't, I don't think I hated either of the main characters. Sure. Like, I felt bad for them. And, like, I just was, like, I'm a coward. I need to get out of this. Sure, sure. Like, first half of the book. Sure. In this one, I hated that man so much. Yeah, I thought he was really interesting. Ew. Ew. He I mean, sure. Horrible. Ew, indeed. I I thought his growth was very interesting. He had though. no, there was no growth. He blamed her at the end. He was like, you've done all this to me. This is your fault. I disagree. I, I think he was I, saying like, you have wreaked vengeance on me because and, like, now I, I'm so you in You could love read it that you. way. What do you because, mean? Like, That's I, what he because, said. Because I've read other things like that, but I don't physically believe that that man is capable of being a good person or having those what feelings. He said. That he it's suffered. what he said. He didn't suffer at all. Emotionally, he did. Oh, my God, he didn't. The whole second half of that book was him being like, I am so obsessed with this woman and I want to have sex with her so badly, but I am i can't because she hates me and I'm just going to be over here suffering. And he was like, why does she hate me, sir? I don't know. I, I, I mean, he knew why. I think he was aware. I mean, the thing is that he, like, joked about I, – I, I just – I really – I hate him so much. Let's back up. I feel the need to give a disclaimer. Welcome to Romance Your TBR. Yeah. Today we are discussing our old school school lesson on the flame and the flower mm-hmm. by Kathleen Woodowis, which is, of course, published Terrible. in 1972. No. <laughs> published in 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Perhaps not necessarily that. Well, I mean, the, the first really popular. Yeah, it's the first uh, people like could be claimed as the first like. Romance novel as paperback, like romance. Yeah, because she tried to get it in hardcover and it didn't sell. So then she sold it to Avon in paperback. It's essentially the genesis of the romance genre as it Mm -hmm. is today. Is yeah, there were a few others generally accepted as. Mm -hmm, But this one like sold like two million copies. Sure. When also it's the first like popular anyway, sexually explicit. Yeah, because a lot of the rom. I mean, like Harlequin, Mills Mm -hmm. and Boone were like not sexually explicit. Um, Mm Hmm. So, I feel the need to give a disclaimer that we do not in any way condone rape. No. Um, I just, I want to talk about the bodice ripping elements without people being like, wow, is she okay morally with rape? I am not. Anything that is not a yes is not consent. There is one review that has, like, the entire, like, length of my phone screen of content warnings. I'm just like of everything that just like is in this book that is problematic and it is so long. I mean, and it is valid. They are all, I mean, there is so much in this book. Isn't it mostly just like rape and murder? Racism. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure yeah. Fat phobia. Like, oh, yeah. there's, we there's can a get lot into the, going, There's a the lot body. going on. Ableism. Sure. Like, there is just so much. Sure. And all accurate. Okay. Yeah, if if I could adopt my favorite trope, amnesia, I would will it upon myself, knock myself in the head, and ne- like forget about this book. Like I would, that would be like 
if I could do it, if I could do one thing, had a genie and had one wish. Forget I ever read it. Because pain was had. I am glad that I read it. I just from like as a romance reader, I like to know the history. I like to know where things come from. I like having that under my belt Mm -hmm. and be able to see like where, why it was so popular, where the seeds kind of Mm -hmm. started. Um, And then to be able to say, look how much the genre has developed since 1972. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I mean, I don't know Bodice Ripper's for me. I'd like to read some more to see the like different authors approaches. Yeah. I agree. But I think that's one of the, like, I do not blame anybody who is not interested or has read Bodice Rippers and doesn't like them. Because um, I think that's just. Yeah. And... No, no, yeah. no. I was just going to say, I think it's also just, like, the length for me. It was long. Like, it was just long. so freaking long. And, like, again, like, Whitney, my love, like, I wanted to keep reading that. Like, it wasn't a chore. Whereas this felt like a chore that I had to complete to then, like, read devil in spring and i was like where are these like where's this corset and these like laces like when's that gonna come into my life because like i have to get through this thing first do you think it's when did when was the pub year for devil in spring devil in spring know that off the top of your head i'm going to look because i assume you don't (laughs) that would be a wild thing for i mean not wild but i'd be like really impressed if you were just like oh 2000 honestly i could have really impressed you but no uh, 2017 or are you rereading the Ravenels? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on. In my head, I heard Scandal in Spring. I think that's 2006, I think. Okay, Devil in Spring is 2017. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Scandal in Spring. Spring. Um, I re- I re- That was my birthday treat to myself. I reread that for my birthday. It was great. Uh, 2006, so I did know. Okay. So. I do think the difference between, I mean, 2006, 1972, that's a long time for their, <laughs> yeah. the genre to have developed, but yeah. I love seeing the difference in hero archetypes yeah because you see far more like softer cinnamon roll heroes yeah i say now but in like kind of the recent Mm -hmm. you know past 20 years or however long well yeah that's that's why um like you're the one laura kinsale you read with that virgin dude I just realized I shattered my screen protector on the lower corner it's fine it's just a screen protector I'll swap it out but like hello Oh, maybe part shattered. of my phone. Nope. Shattered like my soul. Nope, it's just the screen protector. I wonder when I did that. I dropped my phone like four times today, so it could have been uh, any one of those. Anyway, what were you saying? Uh, oh, shoot. The funny thing is we, we have this re- recorded, so we would know. I. What was I saying? Oh, uh, oh uh, uh, you were talking about a book we'd read. Yes, your Laura Kinzel one. Uh, yeah. The one with the virgin and the one the woman who wanted to sleep. <laughs> the one with the virgin and the woman who wanted to sleep. <laughs> He's not a virgin. Or a celibate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for my lady's heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was a woman who really wanted to sleep and I respected it. Like, that one. Like, I, I feel like finding a cinnamon roll, not necessarily like cinnamon roll, but just like not the, the t- not alpha male. Yeah. It's just so rare, especially in older stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's nice when you can like, find that or even like just a softer book like indigo um like that romance to me felt very soft um lord of scoundrels to like some extent 
it's not like a soft he's book, a but like alpha hero. Yeah, he's a, like he's the alpha hero, but just like I guess just something. I mean, that one. I think goes it's off just really rails. well written. Yeah, I mean, that um, could also just be the case. Well, but I also think it's. I feel like they talk about. I mean, this is just kind of a general thing that is accepted, but I feel like they talk about it a lot on Faded Mates because that's where I hear it the most. But this idea that, yeah. like, particularly older romances have the satisfaction for women of, like, defeating the patriarchy. And the way that they do that is, like, using their the, their femininity to break down the toxic masculinity of a dangerous like alpha male type Mm -hmm. and so it it makes sense to me that especially the earlier books are these alpha males Mm -hmm. and then it's only later that you start to see like those kind of softer because Mm -hmm. i think the the purpose of the genre shifts a little bit we've Mm -hmm. gotten to a point where like we don't necessarily need to read breaking down toxic masculinity in every book anymore yeah, I'd prefer not. <laughs> like, if if I could, I well, probably. But that's, I think Bodice Rivers yeah. serve a different readership yeah. than like a standard oh, contemporary sure. romance that's coming yeah. out today. Mm-hmm. Here's my. I've been thinking about this a lot oh, because I have feelings about Bodice Rivers. Um, I just think they're so fascinating, and I want to understand like the psyche. I want to know, like, mm-hmm. I want to get the popularity. And alas, I was not alive in the 1970s, so I can't speak no. to the cultural experience other than no. just, like, reading about it. Mm-hmm. There's, I have mentioned this book before on this podcast, and unfortunately I can never remember who wrote which essay, but The Dangerous Men and Adventurous Women, an uh, essay anthology from, I want to say, like, the 90s. Um, it's, a, it's an essay anthology of these essays written by romance writers in like Mm -hmm. the 90s um and i don't agree with everything they say and some of them i have just completely forgotten because they weren't interesting to me but a few things did stick out to me and one of the things is one at least one of them probably multiple are about bodice rippers and there are lots of different art and i assume bodice rippers popularity come from like a lot of different reasons that all Mm kind of work together it's not just the second wave feminist movement it's not just like the changing of the uh legal handling of rape it's not just you know what i mean like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of different things that are all contributing to the popularity the reason that i find most personally compelling and that i kind of relate to is one of the essays i wish i could remember which one talks about uh the idea that like a genre fiction reader is looking for like thrill and to experience like, you know, you're living vicariously through these characters mm-hmm. to get these experiences that you're mm-hmm. either never going to have or like you don't want to have. Yeah. And part of that is coming up against your greatest fears and conquering or surviving them. And so for especially women, sexual violence, and particularly in a time like the 1970s, being married to a, a violent or potentially abusive dangerous man are like kind of the greatest fears beyond Mm -hmm. obviously you know like death Mm -hmm. and so to a certain extent it's like you're you get to experience it's like reading horror or something where you get to experience this was was horror (laughs) but you get to experience like that greatest fear and then have that feeling of overcoming and surviving it and then not only Mm -hmm. that but you get to have an hea you have a, a rape survivor who then goes on to live happily 
mm-hmm. and is not deemed like less worthy of a happily ever after because of it. Again, not saying that it's okay that the hero rapes the heroine. Yeah. Gonna keep saying that just in case. Yeah. But I think, I just think A Bodice Ripper is closer to like a thriller or a horror novel in the sense that like it's about confronting your fears and winning and being happy. Then a like romance today doesn't have that same goal. Mm-hmm. And I don't the think that romance readers today. Like that's like the normally the third act is the like character facing. Usually their it's like fear. your emotional fear. It's yeah. not like I have yeah. been raped and now yeah. must contend with that. Mm-hmm. But I just think that like most romance readers are not lo- unless unless we're talking about dark romance readers, which I am not one, so I yeah. would love to talk to one about it. But I would argue that dark romance is like the descendant of the bodice ripper. Yeah, there were some people saying that this felt like a dark romance, and I think that makes sense. I think mm-hmm. I think that dark romance is tied very closely yeah. to bodice rippers, and I think it's yeah. the same idea of like experiencing things in a safe way that you wouldn't necessarily want to experience in your real life which makes sense why i don't particularly like this experience is because i like the heroes of dark romance appeal not at all to me Sure, like that just is not so like the completely like alpha like hero is just not my thing really Mm -hmm. you know so like i mean obviously matthew swift is like my favorite lisa claypas hero (laughs) out of like all of them and so like i know that and so it's it's interesting to see to go into all of these books because mm-hmm. again like Whitney my love surprised me. You mm-hmm. know like I liked him. I mean he was terrifying, but I liked him for the most part right. until 50 pages from the end. Um and so like I was pleasantly surprised in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like this one I was like I don't I I didn't know what to ex- I wasn't scared enough for this one. <laughs> I guess is my thing because I had a pretty good experience with Whitney, Whitney my love. And so I was like, maybe it won't be so bad. But I think when I fundamentally hate a character, Mm. there's just no saving that experience. (laughs) And I mean, I guess I just, I I was expecting more from the plot. I was like, they were on the ship for a little bit. And then they were just at his plantation, which was just not. And I was like. I mean, there was that whole, like, she got violently ill. Yeah. Segment, which as and he's like, note, I, I was the one. I didn't take very many you. notes on this book, but I will say one of them is that that is one of the, like, my personal favorite fever scenes that I have ever mm-hmm. read. I thought it was written oh, in such a fat, like, geez. you just get all of those echoes of, like, things from her past, but also fear, like. Oh, well, I skipped that. I did oh. not care. I was just, like, in the audiobook, I was like, please get me through this. Oh, I was, okay. I was really fascinated no. by the way that scene was written. I was fascinated by how much I was unfascinated by it. Oh. Okay, see, that was like I'm one looking, of my I'm favorite at my, scenes. I'm looking at my notes and it says, I need an exorcism. That was my note. So like, ooh, and small tongue. She had a delicate tongue. I love when the small tongue has come into play. He's like, I, her small, I'm like, how do you assess I sure do have no size? memory of that, but okay. I do, yeah. I, he I monologued a lot. He did. I did think it was kind of funny. Both of them had some like very Shakespearean yeah. monologues. I was going. like, "Are you in acting one hundred and one? You made are me giving, laugh. You're giving your all." And the way Ashford like narrated it. Oh, she I got mean, into man, it. This man was standing naked in his mirror, <laughs> monologuing to himself. Respect. <laughs> We've all been like, there, Hannah. <laughs> but I was just naked with this man monologuing it. 
it was my 13th, 14th, and 15th reason all in one scene. I was like, this I mean, it was funny. Like, it was well-written in the sense that, like, it felt very classic and, like, very... Like, uh, she had a control of the language, but none of the language was what I wanted to be hearing. <laughs> I did... Um, was it like remove your moldy presence from my home? That was a it great was. Line. I think that was that it. was that was fun. That one did take um, me out. Mm-hmm. I respect that he was a not fiend. here for Louisa's yeah. shit the entire yeah. time. I think some heroes you get like mm-hmm. I agree. They kind of yeah. let that other woman kind of like walk all over. Mm-hmm. Which the other woman trope is its own yeah. thing, but also this is like yeah. the first one of its kind. So we're gonna mm-hmm. take it for what it is. I do respect that from the get go. He was like, "Shut up! I do not want to deal with you." <laughs> I will buy your land. I was like, sir, do you really need that land? I would. He really wanted it. I, I would not engage. Do not engage, sir. He's like, I feel kind of <laughs> bad because, to be fair, I was engaged to you, and then yeah. Up with so a he wife. did. He did have a little bit of a a conscience. Sure. But then he was like, also, I kind of want to kill you. Like, I maybe would have <laughs> if I wasn't pulled away. And I respect. And I mean, I, I was right there too. I was like, I was like, I don't want to be dealing with you, Louisa. And then she, and then she was killed. Less satisfaction sure. in that regard. Sure. Um, fiend of a madman. That was great. That was a great line. Um, I thought a lot of it, like their dynamic. Have you seen the great with Elle Fanning? I've and, seen the um, first season of it. Yeah, I haven't seen all of it. But, like, it just really felt like their relationship almost. Like, that man – like, or I guess Ashford McNabb really sounds like Elle Fanning to me, like, in my head, like, okay. how she did that. And so, like, I just was, like, picturing, like, freaking – what's his name? The the, the, the Nick, Nicholas guy. Holt, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, his character in that show – like is so bad and their relationship is so toxic but like i don't know i mean I, the show i thought was compelling more compelling than this but they just gave me that kind of energy where you're like eh, are they gonna survive this maybe not i don't know <laughs> but it, it gave me those vibes uh i don't know if that's a diss to the great though <laughs> in my mind i guess it would be but yeah i see i just can't picture nicholas holt as this guy what's his name brandon those two don't match brandon birmingham disgusting see i okay i did not like him but i found him more palatable than the i can't remember his name but the hero in prisoner of my desire because the hero in prisoner of my desire not just like rapes her a couple of times, but like essentially tortures her with sexual violence and humiliation, and yeah. then goes oh, so on you to don't like, like the humiliation thing. I thought this man well, hang was on, worse than this and then guy. ruin his life or her life rather. Like he makes her life a living hell, and at no point Warwick. does he have Warwick. <laughs> Warwick, my enemy. Um, I guess that's the only way you should ever say Warwick because that name just inspires. It that does. Warwick. It does. It rolls off the tongue. Um, <laughs> it grunts off the tongue. Warwick. It, it, yeah. Um, Growls. At, at no point did he show any kind of remorse or growth with the exception of like he didn't kill that guy at the end. But even then, we needed you to kill that guy. So that loses <laughs> so points with me. Bloodily. We needed him to kill that man so violently. Whereas Brandon – here – okay. 
this is where I think my warning that uh, rape is never okay and that anything that isn't an enthusiastic yes means you should mm-hmm. stop and check it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Rape is bad. And now we're going to get into the nuances of this as like a, a plot device, okay? I just did Multiple not. Multiple things can be. Hang on, because I think the first sex scene is fascinating. I hated it so much. Sure, I think you're supposed to. Yeah, but I hated him so much, and there was n- I was never you're going to after to. after he was like, "Oh, you're a virgin." Okay, boom, and I was like, "Yeah, no." Like, and and again, like I know, I knew that way rape was going to be in here, but the way that he confronted it, and then was just like, "Oh, I wonder why." I'm like, "You are the biggest idiot I've ever encountered." I think she's sobbing, and like sure. I, I was, it, and then he just, oh, and I think that it stems oh. partially. From the time period. I think it's being written at a time when, like, the sexual revolution is on the rise. But a lot of the women who are reading this kind of thing mm-hmm. are, like, middle-aged housewives or, like, yeah, like women who are not necessarily fully gung-ho, feminist movement, yay, sexual revolution. And so you get into this gray area of, like, this kind of forced sexual awakening. But because it's rape, that, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, kind of excuses them from the guilt. Mm-hmm. I just never found. I I just did not gather any of her enjoyment from any of this. Like I she like did. I mean there there I know there were a few times when she was like craving his touch or whatever, but I didn't pick up or like I it didn't really feel like a book where she was like just waiting to be unlocked like her sexuality I don't think that she was but she never would have gotten to the point where she was if not for that and and again I don't think that this is true of real life rape is not it it does not unlock sexual desire etc all of that is untrue in the context of this book I think that the plot device was this is the only mode through which we can get to a point where she can experience that sexual awakening because she had to be pregnant she had to be forced into that marriage I just don't even think she had a sexual awakening I think it was all like the end or not the end but that last quarter of the book I mean I get it just did not work for me like in what it was trying to do I did not feel that like she got she's like I don't know why he's not into me but I'm sure gonna make him be into me and is doing her you know dressing up I just didn't understand why the fuck she was into him like I didn't understand like I just never saw like any redeeming qualities from him and it just felt like Stockholm syndrome and like it I, I was just not convinced that she like had shown me that she didn't hate him I don't know I have I I disagree. I do get mm-hmm. the Stockholm syndrome feeling. I get that. Um I think oh this was kind of what I was talking about earlier. The way that and again I don't like Brandon, but the way that he kind of stepped up is a step up from Warwick for me is that he talks a lot of game and he almost never sometimes but almost never follows through. Like he loses his temper and he gets mm-hmm. angry and he's mean. But he keeps saying things about how he's going to threaten her. He starts off after the forced marriage by being like, you're going to be nothing but a servant in my home and I'm never going to have sex with you, blah, blah, blah. And then proceeds to, like, go get her a ton of fancy dresses. And at he no point felt... follows through on any of his threats. See, to me, then it felt, like, wishy-washy. Like, I preferred Warwick. Because, like, if I'm promised something, like, I'd prefer It read to much delivered. more to me as, like, his pride was prick. And it, ugh, that's annoying mm-hmm. in a real-life man, but again... Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a character. Yeah. 
it, it read to me as he's upset and he's feeling brash well, that's, that's and what it was foot and he just yeah. lashes out but he never has actual like malicious intent most of the mm. time he does do a few things and then obviously there's the initial rape although notably the first time was a miscommunication which doesn't make it not rape but it's not even just a miscommunication like I don't even like I think it was a miscommunication when he first like entered her yes and then he could have been like why are you in this circumstance to where you're like giving me up your virginity like it just seemed to me that well, at that point he still thinks she's a prostitute though he's just confused why she's not how can you be a virgin prostitute <laughs> well that's what he what he's like why are like she could have gotten know, a lot of and money for just, her virginity why didn't i just think before? coupled with the fact that she's sobbing and when he at first thought she was just like playing a game like that i guess is understandable he, he thought she was like cat mousing it but when she's sobbing pushing him away telling him no and she's also a virgin. I mean, sir, get the two marbles you have left in your brain. I mean, I don't think he's a good person at the beginning of this book. But I was expecting a lot worse going in. I was expecting some like intentional malicious violence that I don't think that I saw to the extent I was expecting based on what yeah. I had heard about this book. I think the process of reading it was an intense malicious act of violence <laughs> against my soul. I just. Like, to, again, like, it wasn't, like, disregarding all of that, like, problematic stuff. Like, take away Sure, because we haven't got, even gotten into the, like, glorified yeah. the old South. Yeah. No, I like, don't take... even know that we need to. I think we can just I don't say want that to. was really bad. I don't want to. Because yeah, let's I can't just even believe Ashford McNabb had to even read. I was like, I don't, I don't like that. And yeah, so, fair. I'm like, take away all of that. Sure. If you just give me that plot, sure. it still didn't interest me. Like, I still wasn't compelled. I was like, they're just at his house. And I was like... Have you ever seen... <laughs> There's a review of Pride and Prejudice on, like, Letterboxd or something that's, like, one star. It's just people going to each other's houses. That's honestly... I don't feel that way about Pride and Prejudice, but I feel that way. Like, they were... I don't like, think so! There was a whole murder mystery in there! And I was like, come on. I was just like, no. No, I was kind of living for the murder so mystery. I was, I was like, like, who is Sibble? it? I was like, I knew who it was. Well, actually, I was like, it's one of two people. Because I was like, if that guy's actually dead, then it's the other one. But if the guy's alive, I didn't know if she actually killed him. I mean, she didn't. But I was like. That's so funny. It did not occur to me that it would be one of them. I assumed that it was uh, that other guy, the the slave owner who tried to assault her. And oh, the barrack or around. something with a beat. Yeah, yeah, I just. I was always wary that she actually killed that guy. Oh, I assumed she never did. Yeah, so then that just kind of, like, stuck in my mind. Oh, and sure, so then sure. I was like, meh. And then with, there was, like, something, with her dress, when that chick's, mm. chick, or Louisa came with the dress, I was like, oh. So she's, and again, I still kind of thought it was the William uncle guy, cousin, oh, cousin. You put dogs together fucking, better than I did. Yeah, it's always the fucking cousins, guys. Don't have cousins. <laughs> Just to I say as I love them. I say as I love my cousins, but they're also not trying to marry me well, or do helpful. anything or that's anything helpful. like you know non consensual to me. Sure. So you know, I was just like, of course, her cousin. And then when he like went to her aunt uncle's house and he was like, yeah, I want to go teach at a school, and it's just a brothel. I was like, oh honey, oh Heather. <laughs> I was like, girl, and I was like, yeah, stab him. Stab him good. Heather was indeed. Actually, two of my notes are stab that motherfucker. And then yeah. the very next one is, okay, less fun if they sh- than if she actually had stabbed him. 
because he just falls on the knife. Yeah. And I get true. it. She has to be innocent, but yeah, kind of just wanted her to stab him. Oh, oh yeah, I did. I was ready. I mean, Heather, not one of my favorite characters. No. But there were times that I found her very interesting. There were a few times when she was like, this guy is really going to be giving me all this shit. And she like said she wasn't going to like take it. And then she just committed to like getting him to like want her. And I was like, well, that's not the path I would have chosen. I would have chosen a gun. Well, sure. You would have chosen violence. But you're not the heroine of an early 1970s romantic novel. Thank God. And the whole point is that they bring down toxic masculine males. I just don't think she brought him down. Like, I think he just won. Like, I get the last chapter or, like, I mean, these chapters were long. So I'm, like, the last, like, few pages where she's, like, looking at his, like, mother's portrait. And she's, like, women battle all this stuff and we keep it on the inside. And then men don't know what we do for them. And I I was, like, that dude was whipped fairly early on. I mean, I think he was obsessed. I just never, I never got the, like any emotions from it i don't think that it was a healthy level by any means but i i i got the the way that he was obsessed with her very, very i mean i think he I, I know he was obsessed with her i mean he was like he had one night with her and he was like i'm gonna keep you forever sure but i'm still gonna marry this other one yeah but i think there was also a level of tenderness that developed fairly early on that he just didn't know what to do with i just he can take his tenderness and shove it up his ass i Cause <laughs> I know, but I'm saying from a structural POV. I guess I just, I don't know. I'm not disagree. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I get, like I know you I don't like it. him either. I yeah. also do not like him. Yeah, but I, I just reading from a more academic lens. Mm-hmm. That was very much a like she wins by being herself. I just don't think I mean like I get where it's like that's what it's supposed to be I just did not feel that way I mean sure <laughs> like, sure I was like the only one who won is <laughs> like like I don't even know no one won I, I I there was I guess it was the uncle I didn't mind the other uncle until he, like like the Uncle Joe or something. That man did not win. He was married to that woman. No, I know he. I know he didn't win. He's not a winner. But again, like where where I liked the crocodile man or the alligator man and Whitney May Love. Apparently, I have no oh, weird attachment to to uncles. Yeah, but again, like he like stood by and watched that horrible Fanny just like abused. True, he did. Um, Heather. So like, I don't like him. But I was like, if there's anyone who I'd like want to have a chat with, maybe him. And George. <laughs> I didn't mind George. George was, George was a good guy. Personally, he I was, was a, I like he Jeff. He was so, uh, yeah. I thought Jeff was I just fun. Liked, There's I liked George because those... he was so distraught. I mean, that's like valid. He, to me, I felt his, I felt that he was distraught. He was like, oh my God, I can't believe that we found a virgin and we sacrificed her to our captain. And he was, he was going was through so... it. There's that scene where he's drunkenly talking to a cat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was going through it. Yeah. Like, I felt his anguish. See, I was on Jeff's side of things, mm. who is notably kind of very – he's that character archetype of, like, the second hero in a series, but he really reminded yeah. me of the brother in Whitney, my love, also. Oh, I like Steven. It's Steven. Is it Steven? I think – I don't know. Uh, 
I, those are like the same Jeff, character in my Jeff head. gave me sleazy vibes. Oh no, I thought he was very charming. I thought he was really sweet to her. Yeah. I was like, you it seem that one like... time he kind of made out with her and I was like, what's happening? Yeah, that and then he was like, yeah, if like you wouldn't be with like my brother and we'd be out here alone, I'd be like getting it on with you. And I, I was mean, like, fair enough. She's like, a sexy Jeff? lady. Everybody wants to have sex with her. She's a sexy. She's so small. She was like eighteen. She, she was like very, very small and very young. She's also uh, pregnant for a lot of this book, but every man she meets, and then that is baby so was down it, bad to the point that, of violence. That baby like slip slided into this world and then was never seen again. Like we saw him well, a little bit. Yeah, but, like, he was there a lot. I did not get his like I did not get enough interaction with the child. I mean, it was a baby. I know. It, it's, like, it, the baby's there a lot. He's nursing. He fucking hates Louisa. There's a whole bit where he doesn't want to go to Leah because he likes his dad so much. I just didn't. I mean, I felt no emotional connection to this. Like, I felt no connection to anything I was reading. Like, I was so far removed. It's like, please, God, make it stop. So, I just, yeah. I mean, am I 100%? Like, if I had a polygraph. And it was like, do you regret reading that? I don't know what I would say. Like, do I regret it? Do I not? I don't know. Because like like you said, like, it's nice to have it under your belt to like, no. Uh, but again, it is comforting to me because I will never read a book that I hate more than this one. So like, I feel like that's nice. I definitely said that about books in the past, though. No, I think this is a different level. Like, there, like this is just n- nothing will be worse. I mean, it was like 500 pages. The Flame and the Flower. I mean, sorry, Flower yeah, and the Storm. Yeah. One star. But. I liked that one better than this one. <laughs> my my one stars contain multitudes. Okay, <laughs> okay. That I feel so weird rating like prisoner of my desire. I gave three stars, and it's just like I feel similar. I'll probably end up yeah. going two rather than three, just because there were so many kind of more. Yeah, or I guess there were more different problematic elements to this one that I well, just that's... didn't. I had a really hard time reading that one. I agree. And then it really fucked me up when we read the Lorraine Heath one. Because, like, oh, yeah. because we gave that one two. Like, I originally gave it three. And then I was thinking, I was like, well, I enjoyed um, Prisoner of My Desire more than Lorraine Heath one. But I really liked a lot of, like, the first half of the Lorraine Heath one. Like, I was really vibing with it. And then it just, like, went off sure. the rails. Um, but then, like... I that was the that was my favorite in parenthesis like in quotation marks like in the series that I read because the other ones were just worse somehow um and so like I think I was like I have to give it three because I gave the other one two that I technically liked that one more but I mean two feels right for that one yeah rating um, series is always hard because you want to compare yeah. them to each other but yeah you're not comparing them to other books exactly like so it felt wrong giving the first two books sure. the same rating but like in the grand scheme of yeah. things, I think that's how it would be. And then, what else have we read? We had, oh, The Dreaming of You. That one I'm pretty confident in my two stars. Like, it, like to me, that was teetering between two and three the entire, or, like, it had, like, a little bit of a four, like, during the masquerade. And it's, so, like, I can, like, sometimes I, like, visualize my, like, rate scale of, like, where mm-hmm. it's, like, at, like, throughout the book. And so, like, that one I could, like, see, like, where I ended up, where I was, um... But Prisoner of My Desire, that was, like, how... Well, I feel similarly about this one because it was so... Like, I was interested even when Mm -hmm. I was uncomfortable. I was 
so and so like the same reason with prisoner of my desire i was like i want to keep reading it even mm-hmm. though i'm not enjoying this one i think just had Generally, this isn't like a rule, but I think generally with old school books, if it has a lot of problematic stuff, I'm never going to give it above three stars. Yeah. Uh, uh, there might be some exception to that if I read mm-hmm. a book that is just so truly phenomenal. But like, if you're mm-hmm. glorifying the Old South and slavery, like, yeah. I just like, because mine is all based on emotions. And if I mm-hmm. am like so uncomfortable for that much of the book, it's not going to get above three. But I don't mm-hmm. know that. I, I think it's worse in some ways than Prisoner. I th- I'll probably end up giving it two, which is weird because I gave the Lorraine Heath two. And those are two very different exactly. experiences. Right? It's so hard. Because like, yeah, like I had fun with Prisoner of My Desire. I liked yeah. watching her run around that castle, just like doing her thing. And that guy just being like, what the fuck It's is just happening? a truly like, bizarre reading yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did not like the ending. Beheading should have happened. Sure. A guillotine should have been invented. Again, I, I just think I had fun. Like, and again, like, it was just so weird. It was weird. Like, it was so unique. Because, mm-hmm. like, this one, it was a very, like, plot that you have seen before. Which, I mean, obviously, because this is the book that well, all the Yeah, I was going to say, at like, the time, it was on. not a plot that yeah. And so for, like, reading it now, like, he starts with a terrible family and then, like, meets the guy. And then I was surprised that she, like, went back to the terrible family. And that they, like, took her to find this guy. I was like, I thought Fanny was just going to make her rotten shame. I did not expect Fanny. And then he paid Fanny. I was like, sir, no. That's not where you give your grace. To Fanny, and she was like, "What the fuck do you mean?" In his defense, he was trying to make sure that she wouldn't come try to. Yeah, so like I get that, but also you could have just killed her, (laughs) like at that that rate. I mean, those are two very different things. Would always support murder than killing off a villain, or no, no, that is wrong. I would always support murder than paying off a villain. Like there was another one that I read recently. Like murder will, depending on who you ask, eternally damn your soul, and also yeah, but so like get you hanged. If I were to write like my like Bible, paying off the enemy, it's it's just (laughs) like murder is illegal and also horrifically morally wrong. I just think if I were in Parliament, I would also make paying off. I mean, technically, like bribing is not necessarily legal, but like I would make the fact that you you just cannot pay off this is also there was a book i can't remember what it was but they just like he went through all this shit to oh yeah i remember now went through all this shit to prove the guilt of a character and then he just let her off and i was like sir how could you do this to me we have spent so long and she was a villain she was bad like bad things were done you're actually you're you will experience this in three to five business days (laughs) oh okay (laughs) <laughs> might be longer than that i have no motivation to read that is also true we are, only, we are traveling i i've finished um, one book this month and my family and has been one. gone for a few days so in my defense i've been watching very hot mostly european men drive very very fast cars that was my that's me but an australian boat captain on below deck one of the race under. car drivers is australian mm. I just see I because like I have been the same like I was not reading a lot I think it was like the end of July really where I was not reading I was just watching below deck like constantly um and I just had like no compunction I was like I don't want to read like nothing that's why I started the Ravenels Mm -hmm. um because I was like I need something that I know 
will be good. Sure. And so, like, I'm not, like, reading – like, I'm reading them in order, but I'm not, like, strict about it. You know, like, I'll mm-hmm. break up, like, if I need to read something else. Um, But it's nice to always have that to come back to because, mm-hmm. like, I know they're pretty much going to slap. Right. And I'm enjoying them even more this time. I actually read – I listened to Cold Hearted Rake two times in a row. <laughs> like start it over i did because i like like because again like the for for my experience a random tangent for that book i like started it dnf'd it i was Mm -hmm. like a horrible guy never will recover and because because a lot there are a lot of reviews that are like prominent for that book that hate that one a lot of people hate yeah which i think is fascinating i love that i love devin yeah and so like he's not the best of the ravenel heroes by any means honestly he's honestly uh, he's getting up there for me wow i i've really wow. yeah i really enjoyed it and so i dnf'd it the first time i, I mean, got like an hour when, in <laughs> not when his brother west is right there see i have an issue that i love west but that book is my least favorite in the series <gasps> i know i know I don't like Why did the, the plot sound of I just it? made kind of sound like one of those um like rubber chickens. <laughs> Hannah, in editing, can you replay that? Yeah. Possibly with slow mo effect just oh, yeah. to see what happens. Oh yeah, I can. <gasps> I love that. Did you did you listen to our Speak Now episode where I did if you go listen to the um Better Than Revenge part? Um, I gave you the sound effects. Like, I made your voice sounds. Thank you. I did like not. It, yeah. I did not. So. We'll be revisiting that. Have um, fun with that. I will. I felt I felt like a. That's solid. Yeah. I felt like a real editor there. Wow. Um, see, I love West. And, like, because that was actually the first book of the series I read. And I, because it was when I first was getting into historical romance. Mm-hmm. And I knew the Ravenels were big and people kept talking about that book. So then I read it and I was like, what is happening? And I wasn't a fan of the plot because it's a plot that I just, it's not like what happened. And so I was like, it's fine to read my review because I like saved it. Um, Like it's still on my Goodreads because I, when I do that, like I'll just like stack them. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was just like, I don't understand like the Sebastian guy, like he seems like real hot. Like, I don't know. Like I'm assuming he's the devil. I- <laughs> this is what happens when you read Lisa. Like, yes, out of order. it's actually, it's actually really funny <laughs> to go back and read that review. Like what is going on? You know, I'm wearing well, a Lisa Kleypas quote on my shirt right now. Are you? It's oh. um, the out of print. Sent uh-huh. me there. Nice. Well-read woman is a dangerous creature, which I did not is- remember is from the wallflower Christmas. Is that? I what a up. wild time to take, or what? What a wild book to like. I don't know what the context was. I would have to go back and like find it. I just I googled the quote and it came up as a yeah, well, Christmas and out of print. I mean, she kindly. reads to the kids, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the maybe reading. it's just because she's the well-read woman, or maybe somebody else is, and it's just a fun quote. Who's to say? Really? I mean, that's so funny. That's very cute. The Pride and Prejudice quote, uh, the reading one, is said yeah. by Caroline, who like doesn't fucking like to read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find that so funny. There are several like very well-known quotes that in context are actually like some – like there's a yeah. there's a quote about friendship that's a mm-hmm. very popular one, and I can't remember what it is, but it, it comes from uh, Northanger Abbey. And mm-hmm. the irony is that it's said by a character who's – she's actually terrible to her friends. Like, that's her whole – she's only friends with her because she's trying to marry her brother. Like, she's not a good person or a good friend. But this, like, quote is so, you know, oh, yay, friendship. Yeah. And you're like, wait, but 
it's ironic that she <laughs> is you saying mean? it. What do you yeah, mean? No, every, every time I see the the reading one, I'm like, that is just so funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> then, um, back to the Cold Hearted Rake. Yeah, I read that. And then I think I gave it four stars when I actually fully read it. And then I reread it just like a few days ago. And I was like, okay, five stars. That was great. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read it again. <laughs> so I feel like I wasn't like... I wasn't, like, paying full enough attention to some parts just because I was like, oh, I've already read this, like, and this is just, like, a comfort read situation. But then I was like, you know what? I want to know <laughs> everything that happens. I want to know. Show me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definitely recommend The Ravenels for when you just need a good old time via audio. I will need. I mean, we've only got a week till Steamy Lit. Let's yeah. talk about Steamy Lit. Um. I think we've done. Have we, we wrapped up our lesson. flame in the flower discussion? Mm-hmm. Oh, I we forgot about a lesson. lesson and then steamy lit. Yeah. Okay. Um. um oh my god. <laughs> my lesson. Well, this is not my lesson. Like an hour into this book was my lesson by far is don't read this fucking book, Hannah. But um, my actual lesson <laughs> was monologuing about being a good husband does not a good husband make. <laughs> I- bombastic silence i don't like have a lesson to compete with that i feel like the lesson is if you think you killed somebody you should let your husband know (laughs) my only other one was sometimes you gotta just laugh hysterically i mean stab people facts because she 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 laughed hysterically a few times and i was like yeah queen sometimes you just gotta read it wasn't on goodreads but i had read a review of it where they were talking about like Heather scared them sometimes like she seemed very out of her mind when she was with him and I was like when and the example yeah, they that. gave see I didn't see that at all I thought she was very rational she would oh, get no, like I mad think, when he oh I could I could I could see her just being like I am so like I can't believe what's happening and like because I, I noted her laughing hysterically throughout the no but they were like she seemed out of her mind yeah. And the example they gave was when he made those uh those kidnapper guys like walk out the window mm-hmm. and she laughs afterwards. Like she just kind of mm-hmm. cracks up, which I was like, bet. I also would probably not know what to do in that situation and start laughing. And she was like, How horrible and sadistic. Like these are clearly uneducated lower class people who like it's not okay that they were doing this, but they clearly don't have this way to earn their living, and now like their legs are probably broken, and all this stuff about how Heather is sadistic for laughing at that, and I was like, girl, this I, oh, that was not what I thought when I read that. I thought it was just like the absolute insanity of this situation yeah. was like Pfft. that. That's what I yeah. That's that's how I read. Yeah. So like I can see her being like completely like no. She meant like she thought Heather was crazy. Oh yeah, no. That's not what I, mean, I, I took do, from I do. any of these. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, because I think the funniest thing you can do is just laugh at some in someone's face. Sure. When something is that like, or run away, like someone sure. like doesn't, and you just run away. I just yeah. think it's so funny. Um, so I really related to her just. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? When she couldn't process anything. What are you gonna do? Like, you yeah. just watched your husband. Make two guys jump out a window who were going to try to kidnap you. Actually, what Duke were they talking about? Do you remember that? That mm. lost me. They were like, they, they came to kidnap her and they were going to take her to some Duke. Unless I, I completely say, was mishearing something, but I think I that's what it is. I have the audiobook, or I have the ebook open in my review. Let me see. 
watch me have just completely misheard whatever they were saying and I just rolled with it because take your moldy presents <laughs> remove your moldy presents from my house that I would like to adopt that into my vocabulary I, I want to embroider it and put it on my front door remove your moldy presents from my house a uh, certain duke we know yeah so yeah we guarantee you a tidy sum for a captain she'll bring her she'll bring more in her weight and gold from a certain duke we know it won't matter that she's no virgin even that's the first mention of a duke yeah what duke are they talking about um then this one is just below it it says uh, she knew if they had been successful in taking her, she would have been used by- many times with both of them before she ever, ever had been presented to the Duke. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a Duke in book two. A certain Duke. That just, I'm like, was the, because the, the other, like, the family friend guy that blackmailed, or, like, forced yeah. him to marry her, he wasn't a Duke, was he? He was just a... No. All right. No, he, so was, I have... he was a, he was, like, a commissioner. He was, like, some... Yeah, like, in law, mm-hmm. or... I also I didn't mind that guy. You're right. That he one nice. he was yeah. He was doing his That's my that's my uncle. That's my crocodile man. <laughs> he was like, "I hope I made the right decision by letting you marry him." And I was like, "You didn't." <laughs> but you wish you did, so I guess you can pass. Um Yeah, the duke. I was like, "Who?" Yeah, there are only two mentions of a duke in the book and it's just on that page. Uh 193. So, huh. Yeah. All right. Well, that lost me. However, if that had happened to me, I probably also would just start laughing because mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? I agree. Um, I forgot about that. I don't remember why that came up. I have I have no other lessons to offer. I I don't know what I did learn from this book. I don't know. Monologuing naked is always the option. Oh, I'll... <laughs> The lesson I took from it is that monologuing naked is a universal experience. And that's what it's going to be? We've all been there. That's what it's going to be? <laughs> monologuing We've naked in the mirror it. is a universal experience. If you, you try be... to say that you've never monologued in the mirror, you're fucking lying. You can be the crustiest, nastiest person named Brandon in this world and you will still have the same experience of monologuing naked in your mirror. Yeah, Okay. I like that. Because <laughs> that does not explain this book at all. No. We say I that. I barely like, remember oh, that funny. happening. Oh, I, it was visceral. I found the quote and highlighted it and screenshot it to save forever. I was like, this man is so unserious. I just really respect, like, I hated it, but I respected her dedication to the Shakespearean yeah, like vibes and like monologues. Because like they just, because there was one time when he was monologuing, I was like, oh my God, like he's just talking into air and then she goes and does the same thing yeah yeah and i was yep. like oh my god i did respect the absolute over-the-top drama <laughs> this and whole I book just, was very camp yeah yeah i had just seen something on twitter i don't know who the actress was but she she was giving a monologue it's always for like yeah i'm i don't know what it was for something but it was like an accent on Twitter. No, people were like, what kind of accent is she doing? And she was very passionate about this accent that no one could tell what she was trying to do. But it, I, that's all I could picture when they were monologuing was them just like <laughs> being one of two people on the stage, a very low budget set, and just staring out into the audience of zero people, <laughs> giving their all. And they really did. 
They committed to the bit. I mean, that is not what I pictured, but I respect it. It was an intrusive thought that just sure, that kept sure. returning because it kept monologuing. <laughs> I just, yeah. Okay. Well, we did that. Never will be doing that again. <laughs> I don't even know what our next old school school book is. It is not until after we had the this break. conversation. Yeah. Um, and I don't we do, It is Yo, Sky O'Malley. Oh, I've heard nothing small, about that Which, book. interestingly, was in the article that I was reading oh, about bodice rippers. Oh. So I think there is also some rape that, in that one. Yeah, is that a pirate one? I don't remember. I don't I don't I remember kinda, anything about Sky O'Malley. I don't think it would be a pirate one because we have a pirate day coming up. Yeah, I think we might October. have saved our pirate ones for September. Yeah, September, September 19th is International oh, Talk Like a Pirate up. Day. Yeah, I need to read the the Windflower, oh, yes. and then there's like the very big pirate Joanna Lindsay one, Gentle, Gentle Rogue. Rogue. Yes, yeah. So those two are on my my agenda for sure. Um, Sky O'Malley, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that one, so we'll see. Um, but speaking of schedule, because yeah. that is mm-hmm. uh, not in a couple of weeks, I don't think it is on September eighth, um, because we are taking a break. Yes. And we will be back in September. I think September mm-hmm. 1st, right? Yeah, with our Steamy Lit episode, whatever that ends up being. Yes, which brings us to Steamy Lit. Woo-hoo. We will be there. We are excited. We will be. Um, it is sooner than I think it I is know. in my brain. I accidentally scheduled a doctor's appointment today and oh, then no. was like, oh, no, that's the day I leave. <laughs> so I'm going to have to cancel that. Yeah. Uh, but it's because I was like, yeah, the 16th, that's fine. I've got nothing going on. And then I looked at a calendar and I was like, uh-oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um August. The the convention itself is the uh, 18th and 19th or 19th. Yeah, 18th and 19th. So Friday and Saturday um, in Anaheim, California. And um, very exciting. I like did all my – like I they sent out an email yesterday about schedules and like all the authors who are going to be there and um, all the – panels and stuff and mm-hmm. i like highlighted and made my little itinerary there's a i think it's harlequin doing a history of the romance novel panel that i'm very excited for Ooh, that'll be interesting mm-hmm. so i am i am very eager to see how they because you know they're harlequin so like mm-hmm. i'm fascinated how they will talk about that um so yeah i am pumped my body's already tired i so. feel bad. I feel that yeah. it's going to be a long two days. However, mm-hmm. I have made a lot of friendship bracelets. I made a good amount with my friends when we Come went to Ed Sheeran. This find us weekend. and trade some friendship bracelets. Mm-hmm. And we will. We have um, purchased many like portable mics, mm-hmm. and we finessed um, a mobile podcasting <laughs> situation. Um, so, however, a live episode turns out to be, I don't quite know. Yeah. The quality we may have be not terrible. No, but the the microphone that I have it actually sounds pretty good. Okay, so I'm waiting. On yeah, it, it's very it's very impressive. Yay! So we'll have that. Um, um mm-hmm. if you and like it really us, blocks out all of the, the blocky noise. Yeah, if you so. spot us, come say hi. I think we're gonna try to do like maybe come up with a list of questions and ask everybody a question mm-hmm. or something. If uh, if you want to, yes. Um, no, we're gonna force you. We're gonna force you to answer questions <laughs> to talk and to be us. on the podcast. But I think, <laughs> yeah loosely the plan is maybe a couple of episodes like one just mm-hmm. a live episode with us and then maybe one of like chatting mm-hmm. with different authors and uh people mm-hmm. 
as yeah. when you live. But uh, and nothing if you, is set it, in yeah, yeah. If you have, like, the craziest urge to be on an episode, there's a lot of downtime. <laughs> and we've got an extra mic. We've got an extra mic. <laughs> we can make We're it ready happen. ready to go. Uh-huh. And an iPad and a dream. So... Two iPads and a dream. There you go. There you have it. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be fun. I now have all these mm-hmm. random bracelet making supplies. Don't know what to do yes. with that. I've made two Forza Ferrari bracelets for my Formula One obsession because I was like, <laughs> I just have these beads now. <laughs> I've been making a few romance or TBR ones. I did make I have one of those. The iconic penis. Of course. Beaded classic. penis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got nothing left to add. Uh-uh. I've come to the end of my rope. <laughs> the end of my very elastic rope covered in beads and if that's not a mood i don't know what it is um so yeah we're not going to be releasing anything between now and like the end of the beginning of september yes. just um to get a little bit of sanity back sure sure not that i have knows. that much faith for no. sanity returning that's been gone for many years no. now but no one can hope i know so let's be honest i'm gonna come back to this as a Formula One racing expert, and I'm going to just slowly turn the podcast into an F1 podcast. None of you will see it coming. I I also love the dedication. See it coming. And yet here we are. You know what it is? It's hot men. They're also really funny. And so Aren't now they I'm in like. Cars? How do you. How do you... Oh, Hannah. I, I the don't think about Formula One. We have just recorded like a half hour talking about Formula One, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of hockey. Really just hot men, I think. Yeah, was there, the- was, there was some segue that we had. I don't quite know how we got there. I don't know either, but we got um, distracted by hot guys. Yeah. So whatever we talked about for like the last half hour is going to be in our bonus, in our newsletter. And I'm not going to deal with editing that before Friday, but like it'll happen sometime. Sure, probably sure. before we, we leave for Steamy LitCon. Um, yeah. We talked about the flame and the flower. That's what that's what we read. We sure did. And the lesson is that monologuing <laughs> naked in a mirror is a universal experience. It's true. Which personally, that's really what I took out of this. Was the universal experience of standing naked. Or getting drunk and talking to a cat. Mm, um, also relatable. Yeah. Also relatable. Like just you know, airing all of your sins mm-hmm. to a nearby cat. Sure. Um, we've all been there. So that that's the the lesson that we learned. Lesson complete, class dismissed.